<laughs> All right. Well, Chris Roglowski, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, this is probably the most exciting person I think. Well, don't tell Kenny that. Don't tell Kenny that. But this is we'll probably have to cut that out. Yeah. Uh, I'm very excited to have you on and and talk to you about all your ventures and everything that you're doing. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, you're just a freak of nature um, athlete. How did they, were you always this good of an athlete growing up? Did you play sports? How yeah. Did, so no, not at all. Um, I um, I grew up in a really conservative family, um, and we were all homeschooled. Spent a lot of time at home. Didn't really weren't involved in any kind of um, what do you call it, organized sports. Really active and definitely like spent a lot of time outside. A lot of time like moving, but um, no involvement in any kind of sports at all. Um, it wasn't until I guess we ran my only my only experience with any kind of anything was 5Ks that my dad would sign us up for. He'd get a couple free entries to, at first it was just one a year and then ended up being two a year. And we'd, you know, the week before like, hey kids, like y'all gotta train for this 5K and we'd all go out and run three miles and then we're like, okay, <laughs> we're good. And we'd go and run this 5K and that was kind of it. Um, and I always did decent in those, like my parents always said like, oh, you got, you know, you can run, you've got the long legs and all that, but like we never did anything with it. So you, um, you just weren't, you, your parents didn't sign. It's not like you were kept from it. Cause no. I watched a couple, I was telling Mike, I watched a couple of interviews and yeah. they made it seem like your parents kept you yeah. away from sports. So I definitely that, try to put that spin on it. It really wasn't that it was just that that wasn't something they wanted to like invest time, money, anything of that in. Um, we played, I mean, there were a lot of us kids, so we all played together. Um, and we would play volleyball in our backyard. My dad played soccer and then all of my brothers played soccer for a year or two or whatever. So we'd all play soccer with them and then with different friends, but, um, yeah, didn't ever do anything official. I have like zero team sport experience. So <laughs> I think that kind of has something to do with, or that, that kind of lends to where I'm at now. Cause I'm not used to, like, I'm used to being the odd one out. Like, okay. Yeah. Not like I'm, it's not like I'm waiting for everybody else to do something. <laughs> I'll just do it. <laughs> what those little kid times look like? Huh? What did those little kid 5K times look like? Um, the first one, I think it was 25 minutes, 2503 was kind of like Lord. my first one. Because we would run, my older brothers would run them, and we'd just kind of run them with the dogs, my sisters and I. And then once we finally started signing up, 2503 was the first one that I remember. And then I ran one with my dad for most of the time, and it was like a 2440-something. I think I got maybe a 2341. Jeez. Um, but I would always stop and walk at least once or twice or three times. I was like, this is dumb. Like, I don't, I'd stop and walk for a little bit and like, okay, now I'll start running again. I always did fine in my age group, but like, obviously not a super competitive time, but it was just kind of go out and run. And well, I see. I have 25 minutes. <laughs> I've played outside too a lot. Like I lived outside when I was a kid, but I can't do the things that you do on a daily basis. It's, I don't know how you go about it's it's just it's like a natural thing for you. A lot's almost. changed since then, uh, <laughs> a lot. But um, yeah, I get, I mean that just comes down to we're definitely have it in us, I guess. Like, yeah, I know my brother would get some fast times. I don't. I, he probably got a sub twenty a couple times, and he he started. I mean, my two older brothers are like super cool and they've always like been my inspiration like i just want to be like them and now they think i'm crazy but i'm just trying to be like them um but i know he did he did some faster times and then they would run some half marathons eventually and stuff but none of the others have really like actually like gone all in and honestly i mean they could all be amazing athletes they are already so yeah. 
Like they could all be doing this and they just decide to be smarter. So, <laughs> and you're the only girl. No, I have, <laughs> I have three sisters. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Big family. Yeah. Where'd y'all grow up at? Um, Arizona originally is kind of where my older brothers would probably say they're from. My older sister was born in California and then most of us were born in Arizona. It was kind of like an Arizona, California, Arizona. Um, but we moved to Bernie, north of San Antonio when I was eight. Yeah. So that's kind of like where I say I'm from. Okay. Never quite sure because it's like so Arizona, Texas. Bernie, I imagine it was like ranch living. I imagine you working yeah. on a ranch, staying outside, uh, kind of a tomboy maybe. Oh, yes. I yeah. wanted to be, yeah. We, got, we had five acres and we had chickens and goats. We had an emu for a little while. Um, yeah. And just spent a lot of time outside. It was We were all homeschooled, so we were at home all day. There was no like... There's nothing, we never had to be inside for that long. And then, of course, it's really hot for those Texas summers. So we would get our school done as fast as we can, like get outside, get in the pool, and just spend the day outside. So um, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that yeah. Was, it was pretty great. I had a great childhood. <laughs> well, talk about this uh, this uh, tree climbing you used to do as a, as a little kid. So we just climbed, well, yeah, that was just us trying to like entertain ourselves. We'd climb anything and everything. We'd climb up on the roofs and we'd like bring little siblings up on the roofs with us and like, watch the sunset or like sit around up there we'd always have to like tiptoe because mom would hear and be like y'all can't be on the roof or we'd get on our grandma's roof and get in trouble for that um but it was just i i mean we just always climbed trees we had rope swings we'd make tree forts like yeah all that kind of stuff and i guess i guess for the folks that don't know you're you're just an amazing athlete so you do obstacle course racing yes. you've been on the titan games yes. um what other events have you done that people might know um, ultra running. That's kind of the yep. only thing. And that's kind of newer, but yeah. Yeah. Obstacle the ultra running is newer to you. Ultra running. And then the Titan games is, that was, I guess it was, it aired two years ago. So it was like two and a half years ago that we did all that. So when did, when did this come to fruition? When did you know that damn, like <laughs> I'm, I, I got something here and it's just like a yeah. natural gift. Like yeah. if I try, I'm going to far exceed everybody else. When, 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 was that so it was really my entire introduction to like anything like officially active like i mean playing outside is one thing but um i'd heard about like tough mutters and spartans and i was like oh they sound cool like so i made my sister sign up for a tough mutter with me and we did the full course we were like let's do 12 miles and my two sisters and a friend of ours did that and the obstacles were like really fun and not that like not anything crazy I and mean, there's nothing we didn't already do i guess um and then on the running like it's an open the tough mudder is like not a competitive race so it's open and most of the people are walking and like and i was like this is really like it, it was uh, i guess it was 2016 when they were like everybody was doing them like they were a big deal and i was like i don't really get what the big deal is but i'd heard spartan was harder so later that year i went and did a spartan it was a Spartan Beast, which is like the 13-mile distance. But I was like, I'd already done the 12-mile Tough Mudder. Why not do this one? So I went out and did that one, and it was up in Dallas. It was the year it was, like, really hot. There were, like, dead fish in the creek. Anybody that does that, like, <laughs> the Dallas one is always either super hot, super cold, flooded. Like, anyway, so that one was really hot. Um, but it was kind of the same thing. The obstacles were slightly more challenging, but I was like, this is the most they have to give. Like, uh, it's kind of a <laughs> joke, you know. Um but then, and, and of course I had like no pressure, like I knew I could complete it. So it was kind of like a, you know, let's just check this out. But I heard they have like their trifecta. So I was like, okay, the three different distances, let's go. So I didn't realize they had to be like within a calendar year. So this one was at uh. the end of the year. The next year I made my sister come and do the super distance with me, which is now like a 10K distance. And um, with that one, 
we had work later in the day, I think. So we had to sign up for the elite wave. And so we, hold on the, the, the bigger one, you were doing 12 miles, but I the, did the 12 and then I came down to the second. Okay. Distance. And that's the, 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 that one's the harder one. Cause that's a, the 12 miles longer, but yeah. you did a six mile is the harder no, one. No, the 12 mile is supposed to be harder. Okay. 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 That's the longer, I mean, the longer distance, the harder. Yeah. Is. Yeah. But I was like, I want to do all three distances. Okay. I got I you. Even, it was just kind of, they, you just know, the trifecta. Fun. Yeah. So we signed up for the super one and, oh, well, we had to sign up for the elite wave because we had to rate, uh, we had to work later in the day. <laughs> so on that one, you know, at the start line, I'd already done two and I was like, these are kind of like, you know, whatever. It's fun. You get to play outside all day, but it was like, but in the, in the elite wave, of course, the, uh, the MC is all like, some of y'all are here for money and like y'all are here to compete and like make a name for yourselves. And my sister and I are standing in the back of the crowd and we're like, oh, this is kind of, you know, whatever. Anyways, we went out and I was like, I mean, I was ready to go. I was like, this is fun. Um, my sister failed, I think, every single obstacle. She <laughs> made her height an excuse. Anyways, so we, we did it mostly together, except for at the end when she was like, go do it. But I still had like, I mean, I was just like, this is fun. Like, you know, just run a little ways and do an obstacle. Like I hated running, like I disliked running, but I was like, these obstacles are fun. So I'll run a little ways and do the obstacles. Anyways, then I moved out east and I did a sprint distance and that one was where I volunteered to get it for free. And I started talking to somebody and realized like there's a competitive side to this. Um, and I was like, that's kind of cool. Um, there's a competitive side. People actually win money. Um, you can go to like the championships. Um, and that's, and I also heard about their ultra beast, which is the beast twice. So it's like, you know, it's about a marathon to a 50K, 26 to 30 miles. Gosh. And I heard about that and I was like, okay, well, the time cutoff, it was like a 14, 16 hour time cutoff. And I was like, I could walk that distance. Like, you know, anybody can walk that distance right. in that amount of time. And I was like, I could do it. Like, you know, if you can walk it, you can do it. So um, <laughs> I spent the rest of this, this was like the rest of that year. I went, I signed up for two races up in Canada because I was living out east and there were races all over the place there because, you know, you know, Texas, there's a couple. Anyways, so I did two up in Canada, and I podiumed for the first time. I got third place in the beast up there. How old were you when you did that? Um, 20, 20. So you're, so I imagine you being young for, for obstacle course oh, for racing, sure. right? Obstacle course racing, like, it's definitely, I mean, they say, like, ultra running, the peak for that, the prime of that is, like, in your 30s. Thir well, no, no, that's, like, 40s, 50s, yeah. like, when everybody gets their endurance. Um obstacle course racing i just see it as kind of like it's kind of a top top upper crust sport because it's expensive it takes a lot of time it takes a lot of money and like not many people do it so you find a lot of people like middle age that are looking for something fun to do they were athletes in college or whatever and they want to do something else you definitely i mean there's definitely like more younger people now but there's not a whole lot of like college age kids you get enough of that but not a whole lot of college age kids that are like oh i want to like do this competitively or like right. i want to race every weekend like they're just doing other stuff um so yeah, I was definitely on the younger side, a lot younger side. Um, but yeah, I went up to Canada and I, at that time you would coin to go to the national championships and you'd only coin once and then like it rolls down. So throughout the year, everybody's coining and that gets you into the national championship. So I coined there cause I finished third place, got my first podium finish. And I was like, this is great. You know, <laughs> um, then I came back to the States the next weekend I did. And I didn't even realize the Killington is like, they call it Joe DeSena is like the owner's bar and they call it his backyard or his playground. And it's supposed to be like really challenging. It's this, it's on this ski slope or on this, in the ski resort. And at one point 
I don't know if it's a bucket. It's the death march, and it's like a mile just straight up the ski slope. Like wow. mm-hmm. everybody talks about, it's a terrible race. They have an ultra beast there that like everybody hates. I didn't really realize that going in. Like I signed up for it because I was like, oh, it's Vermont. It's this weekend that works. Like let's do it. And then I realized, like kind of at the last minute, like oh, this is like the really hard one. Um, but anyways, I finished like I think top ten there, seventh or something. Wow. And since it was at the end of the season, I coined. You're supposed to only be able to coin once, but I'd coined up in Canada and then I coined again in the States. So I like coined twice in that first year. Oh man. Um, I didn't even go to the championships. I think they're typically like the end of September, beginning of October, but like I wasn't that far in. Anyways, came back to Texas, did that ultra beast and, um, ended up podiuming in the ultra beast. I was 100% unprepared. I'd spent like the week before, like hanging out with my family and just relaxing, but when we started out on that it was two laps you know so when we started out i was like all right let's go and i took off and i stayed in first place all the way through the first lap got passed up in the second and as soon as i started the second one my hip flexors like locked up (sighs) and i was miserable the entire second loop i like had to force a smile and like this is fun and like (laughs) i'm having a blast but it was miserable um but I finished, I think I was like 30 minutes after second place. Like I only got third because there weren't many females, but it was cool. Like I got the third place there. Um, that was just kind of my introduction. Like, oh, this is fun. Like I'm kind of good at it. It wasn't until I came to Grit Fitness at the end of 2017, really beginning of 2018 and um, really came there because they had talked about their pro team and their pro team had like a bunch of advantages to it. And I was like, I want to try this for a couple years, like their pro team. Um, but once I started, I came there for about a week, tried out for the pro team. Um, and that's when I was like, I was at the point where I was like, okay, clearly like I'm not half bad at this, but I have no clue what I'm doing. And like, (laughs) I could get better, but I have no idea where to start. So that's when I talked to Kenny and I was like, look, like I want to get better at this. I have no idea where to start, like help. And that's when things like really changed, like start messing around on the obstacles. You start learning about running and like all this stuff that I was like, oh, cause I still knew nothing about, I walked every single, at some point on every single one of those. Um, the obstacles were okay, but it was like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just having fun. Did so. you, did you have a trainer or anything or do you have a trainer or is it just, did Kenny teach you some Kenny. of this? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Kenny, yeah. Kenny's Kenny was an animal? Like, he was like, well, no, Kenny just like tells me what to do. Like, yeah. cause I'll do whatever. But Kenny, when I talked to them, I was like, okay, look, like, I don't know what to do. And Kenny was like, okay, like I can help. So he started like giving workouts and like, there, there's a couple things that he taught me or showed me in those first couple months that like still have made a huge difference. Like he taught me how to like, um, get momentum into a swing. And it was just like this simple, like pull your knees up and kick your feet out. And I was like, oh, and I've used that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those, like, and just those, those basic little things that he started like, Hey, do this workout and do this one, do a farmer's carry for a really long time. All these things where I was like, this is dumb. Like it doesn't really make any sense. But I quickly started seeing like while racing, I'm like, Oh, okay. Like this is getting better. And then the running came, took a lot longer to come. I dislike running and it <laughs> took me a, I'm just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I didn't like it for the longest time. And I like really fought it. And I was like, I didn't like doing the workouts. I didn't, I, cause I have no running background. So I had no concept of like any of like, you know, tempo runs and sprints and all this kind of stuff. I was like, it's just all dumb. I just want to do the obstacle. Um, <laughs> so that took a while longer. It wasn't really until like, I guess it's been just over a year now that I've taken the running a little more seriously. And when um, you mean seriously, what are you doing uh, specifically? Like I do a sprint workout once a week and I run every day now. How many miles are you putting on a week? 
Uh, it depends. I still kind of do it whenever I like. <laughs> um, but I would say I kind of go more by month, I would say. And I'm typically at least 200 a month. So it's only it's like 20, no, 50 a week. Yeah, 50 a week. Yeah. 200 to 300 is kind of average per month. But I'm a, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I just like to do stuff. I don't like the routine. And I'm trying to change that because yeah. routine is what makes a difference. So I do a sprint workout every week now. I run in the morning three times a week. And, like, there's different things that I'm, like, doing to, like, okay, like, actually getting on some kind of routine because I just kind of do what I want when I want. <laughs> I think that's kind of what gives you your edge is that you're you're having fun. Yes. And a lot of people forget to do that. We, we talk all the time about um, Born to Run and those those – those uh, guys that born to run that run the Copper Canyons, uh, yeah. the edge they had was they were actually just having fun. So yeah. when they ran Leadville there at the end, like the last few miles, they noticed that uh, they were like, tr- you know, kicking around rocks, laughing, enjoying, and everybody else was just in hell. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we we see that when you run or even in the Titan Games, you're always you always have a smile on. So yeah. how do you no, how do you keep that? Um, I think it's kind of the. I don't, I never, I say never, I, I emphasize, I would say I put a lot more pressure on the experience than on the results, like on the, like expectation wise, I want it to be a fun experience. And that like, sounds dumb. Like I signed up for hundred milers, like that experience is not going to be fun, <laughs> but it's the experience, I guess, of like pushing myself and having a hard time and then like finishing it. Like I'm all about that. The time obviously is a bonus and is really nice, but like, if I'm not having fun, like if I'm not enjoying myself, like what's the point really like? And there's, there's some, I, I guess it's kind of like, I would say I'm pretty competitive. Like I definitely push hard, but I don't have so much like, I mean, I know when I first started, like I had no concept of pace at all. And I got a watch cause Kenny told me to get a watch and like, Hey, you need to start like tracking runs, that kind of thing. But I was like, I would take it off every time I would race. Cause I'm <laughs> like, I don't care how fast I'm running. Like I'm going to run as fast as I can. I'm going to slow down if I want to or have to like, um, and so it's kind of that whole thing of like, now I wear a watch and I like to see my pace, but it's more, it's not cause I'm trying to stay on pace, although I kind of am. So it's kind of that, like, yeah. um, I try to, and I do this because I enjoy it. Like if I weren't enjoying it, like I wouldn't be doing it. And so I kind of feel like I keep that, like, this is fun. Like this is a new experience. It sucks sometimes a lot. Like I'm pretty miserable. I've cried harder than I've ever cried on ultras, like hurt more than I've ever hurt. Um, but it's the whole, like, that experience is still, like, adding up to, like, a cool experience by the end of it. <laughs> you have a, a very healthy balance of, uh, you're able to balance it well. Going through your Instagram photos, yeah, like Mike was saying, even on, on some of those crazy races or even when you're hanging by, what is that obstacle called when you're when you're doing the the peg holes? What, oh, what the pegboard or yeah. Gibbons is the, I think she was talking about the Gibbons, Gibbons one. Yeah. 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 But, you know, holding on. By You're always smiling. Yeah. yeah. No, because it's fun. It's like an experience. <laughs> like, this is a challenge. Like, and I practice enough. Like, I put enough work and effort into it. Like, I'm training for this and I'm trying to get better and stronger and faster. But, like, the race is like, that's just go time. Like, just go and do it. And whatever it is, is what it is. Like, I often have like regrets and like I could have done that differently or whatever. But it's also like a lot of like just go do it like <laughs> what's the first race where you won um i think the first race that i really won would have been a spartan sprint in houston um why do you say really won cuz well so or that's the one that i like i like claim as my first one i think i won a well i got a 
Yeah, I think I won a um, was it, it was a Warrior Dash. I think I won a Warrior Dash like earlier that month, um, and I'd won a no, I don't think I'd won a five k yet. I don't know that one though. Like, was really, it, yeah, yeah, that was my like. Okay, this I won against like legit competitors, and like this was like a legit race, and like I really yeah. had to like dig for it. So yeah. it, it was it, a Spartan Sprint in Houston. I guess that was twenty eighteen, being in twenty eighteen. And and now you're just winning a lot of them, right? Yeah, I win sometimes. I yeah. win sometimes. I get a lot of seconds, which is kind of frustrating. Yeah, you're still very you're still very young though. Um, yeah. It, it so when I went to grit for that those three days. Just three days. Um, one and yeah, a half. Yeah, just three days. We'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> you're you're stronger and uh not only than the females in the in the gym, but also all the males. Like no one no. could hold it 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 seemed that way okay, in yeah. the gym. Yeah. They, well, the guys said that too. <laughs> yeah. <I'll take> so. <laughs> all yeah. the guys. So how does that feel like? I mean you're so you're a coach at grit fitness. Yes. You do that every day a week? Every day. Every day. A lot of times a day. Yeah. What are the classes? Because you're there at 430, yeah. which is the earliest class. I, I coach, um, we have three morning classes and I coach all those every morning. It's 436 and 8. And then I make the schedule. And so we've got like the three different locations. Some of the coaches feel differently about it than I do, but I like to try to be at each location at some point during the week. So um, I actually have enough, like I'm at the Lake Jackson location, but I have three coaches there that are able to coach some of the evening classes. So I try to like leave them there and go to some of the other locations as much as I can. So, but I still end up coaching in, I mean, Lake Jackson is my primary one. Um, we have just two evening classes now used to be a lot different, but we have just the two evening classes and I coach in, um, Lake Jackson about twice a week. And then West Columbia, I think I do like three classes total. And then I try to do an evening over in Bay city. Just all week, over so. the place. Yeah. And, and you get into a routine or something. So she doesn't just sit at the gym and wait for the next class to come. No. I've seen her put on a 20 foot, a 20 pound vest and run as many miles she can between classes. Well, so I had to get there because I definitely, <laughs> I definitely had a, when I first started coaching a lot, cause I started out with just like, three classes a week. You know, when I first started coaching back in, I think it was the end of 2018 that I've 20, yeah, 2018 that I first started coaching. Um, and I was coaching like three classes a week and that's really doable. Like you show up there, you coach the class, like whatever. Now that I'm coaching, like I haven't done the math lately. I used to do it a lot. Cause I'm like, this is too much. Um, but I'm coaching, um, 30 ish classes a week, I think. Um, I definitely have had to try to figure out how to like balance, like, I mean, coaching and like being involved in the class, but, and like most people come to the gym and that's like their workout time, but I am at the gym all the time and I just want to get out of there. So it was really, it was kind of hard to find out it, figure out a routine of like, okay, like everybody else is working out and good for them, but like, I still have to get my workout in. And so I've kind of found a balance of like, I can work out with some classes or I do something in between classes and trying to like still like take care of myself like it was it was hard for a while because everybody sees me at the gym all the time and they assume I'm working out so it's kind of it was honestly kind of easy to just be like sure I'm working out like yeah no, I take naps in between classes like I'm just dying here you know um to getting to where to a point where I'm like okay like I do the workout each day I have a bonus workout I run before class I run in between class I run after whatever you know um so it's definitely 
taken a while to get there. I did not yeah. used to always do that. It's impressive. It would be like, finish the class, like, okay, I'm going to turn the lights off, I'm going to take a nap for a little bit because I'm tired. Um, she, yeah, she, you have good timing too because, I mean, I pulled up at the light and the class at 4.30, it was like 4, 4.25 and they were running like six minute miles to the gym. And like, I swear, like one minute till I saw the lights turn on and they went on, in music is and on, they would turn on like, music. We're ready to go. Yeah, yeah. it was like, it's legit. Yeah. So you do get your workout in and that's, yeah. that's impressive too. Cause I, you do do some of the classes as well. Like while we're doing the class, yeah. you do some of the workouts, yeah. but some of the classes it's easy. I, so that's the other thing is I never spent any time in a gym before grit fitness. And so I really liked grit. I really liked the way the coaches or the classes were led, the workouts, all that kind of thing. But, um, and I really liked the class cause I don't, I've never, I like, tried a couple times going to a gym and just like doing all the different machines and stuff like that. I can't do that. Um, so I really liked the workouts there, but I liked the class aspect of it. And so now that I'm like in charge of the class, like I don't ever get to go to classes anymore. So it's kind of hard to figure out that like some workouts, like some days it's easier to work out with a class. Some classes are easier to work out with and kind of trying to fit all that in. Like it's fun to work out with a class. So I try to do that when I can, but so it doesn't always happen. You but. actually uh, plan the workouts for all the locations in Brazoria no, County? No. no. Okay. I don't I don't write the workouts. I help with it sometimes. I do the schedule. You should be doing that. Who's doing who's doing who's the workouts? Who's doing that? Who do we There's need to talk guy. to? <laughs> Is it Kenny? I don't know. Um Kenny contributes as well. <laughs> oh, but, but you can take Kenny it's now. Been, it's been like a year now that we've had one of the co-owners Reese has been doing most of the programming. Okay. So he does the majority of it. Um a lot of us coaches give like input and we'll adjust things as needed or give kind of feedback and all that kind of thing. But Reese, Reese is the guy to get mad at. Don't get mad at me. <laughs> I will. Well, Let me write his name down. Yeah. Reese. <laughs> What's his Instagram? Reese Spell it out. Pieces. <laughs> <laughs> he should. If that's not it, I don't know what it would I be. I normally, so one fun thing though, and like Jackson though, is I like to do surprise finishers and yeah. I will take the credit for every single one of those because they're great and everybody hates them and I enjoy that. They're not but, great. Um, <laughs> They're really good. At one point, they were like, Chris, it's not a surprise anymore if we know it's coming. Like, <laughs> why do you call it a surprise finisher still? What are but. the so the, the the ones that I experienced were the dead hangs and the wall sits. Um, what, what are the, I'll do, the other ones? I'll do um, everybody hates the air bike. So I like to say, all right, finish the 10 calories on the air bike. Um, everybody hates heavy carries. But it's a good like, okay, we just worked out. Now, like, just go run. Go do something and, like, just finish them. We'll do a lot of like Tabatas, which I think I might've done one of those with you where it'll be a hold, a static hold for 20 seconds, rest for 10 and go to a different one. Or, um, yeah, I just kind of, sometimes during the class, I'm like, okay, let's uh, come up with something here. So y'all get to, so each coach gets to float around and go to each location or are y'all have to be dedicated to one location? Oh yeah. No, everybody, all the members, all the coaches belong to every single location. Um, I think it's really cool that a lot of people stick to just one location, but they're still familiar with all the with two people in the different locations, which like we have a Facebook group that's like a members only Facebook group yeah. and a cult. That that helps uh -oh. um, <laughs> that that helps like produce that like so we'll have sometimes I mean, several times when I've coached in Bay City, somebody from one of the other gyms will stop by and I'm like, Hey, what are you doing here? And they're like, Oh, I'm just in the area, wanna get a you know, finished up the evening here and gonna get a workout in or, you know, somebody will you know, so we'll we'll definitely have floaters but everybody kind of has their home gym and the coaches are the same way. Um, the coaches definitely, I mean, I have like my three Lake Jackson coaches. I'm a Lake Jackson coach, but, um, actually I don't think they, well, I've had them coach in other places a couple of times and then I'll pull people from West Columbia sometimes. So I, I, I think you're the, I guess in my opinion, uh, you're probably the face of grit, but beyond Kenny, 
Just because you're so well known, you're so out Be careful. There. Be careful. I know, now. right? Yeah. You yeah, get mad. Careful. No, I think I think I'm just kind of one of the ones that I don't know. I'm like a fresh face. I definitely am there a lot of the time, yeah. um, and I kind of put myself out there. So it's just kind of the name people think of. But like, I wouldn't really say I'm the face of grit. Like, the f- I mean, honestly, the the people that get people to come to grit, it's not me. It's the people that have like normal jobs and have normal lives that tell their neighbor like, "Hey, you should come to grit," or well, it's, their it's, coworker. It's like, people like you that 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 they want to join grit because of you. Like my wife. She hates working out, but she wants that work. Yeah, yeah, she like, yeah, she like, she's always talking about Chris. She's like, hey, Chris had me on Facebook. Chris is following me now. And I'm like, oh God, look at me. I'm lifting too. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think I really, yeah. I mean, everybody's looking for like, that's why people call it a cult. Like everybody's looking for a place to belong, like yeah. a place to like be somewhat like they, they matter, whatever it is like, or, or where they just feel like they can go and like, I mean, yeah. Um, and I, I like to help kind of create that. Like yeah. if somebody comes to my gym, like I want to make them feel welcome and like, we're glad you're here. Yep. We're glad you're getting your workout on. And like, you know, um, and that, I mean, that's what keeps people coming back. And that's, that's I kind of need people to keep coming back. So. <laughs> it's kind of like cheers, man. Everybody knows your name. It's like uh, at 430, everybody's, you know, giving high fives and yeah. they know each other's name, talking about what happened throughout the weekend. So yeah. it's yeah. got a good, at least a 430 class. I don't know of any, any of the yeah. other classes, but. No, definitely like all those classes have that. I mean, the biggest class and it's kind of, I mean, it's been like infamously big for a long time would be the ADM class in West Columbia. And like, Uh-oh. that's that's the one we like to put on our, on our Instagram feed a lot. There's easily like 20, 25 people there regularly. Um, and that one too, like it's still like, I mean, everybody, it's the, the accountability and it, people there, like, buddy up. Like, right. you, and that's, yeah, I don't know if you see that at 4.30, um, when Christina brings her crew at 4.30 on, like, Tuesday mornings, like, and there's all those four girls that come that don't really come a whole lot, but oh, yeah. when they all come, they all come. And, like, everybody has kind of somebody that's like, hey, you going to the gym? Like, let's go. That's, yeah, so, I had somebody too. But it's within too. a group setting, so I think it's kind of cool. I had you, someone for a while. You had somebody too? For two classes. <laughs> two it classes. just, uh, look, look, let, let's get it out there now. Um, <laughs> it works better for me working out at there my house right now with the kids. I knew it. You just don't like us. No, I love y'all, but uh, my wife is going to go, I think. Yes. I think yes. she's really, yeah, but she, it, she has time. But she said she's coming on Monday. <laughs> she said she's coming yeah, on Monday. She'll, she'll be there. Good. Um, I think Grit has it going on too, because it's not just from what i saw there's really great athletes there but then there's also the people that are looking to make a change for themselves yeah and i think grit does a good job the workouts are catered for the f- for everybody in between right yeah. the, the the crazy athletes who can lift 90 pounds and do the lunges mm-hmm. for a minute straight and then the same folks can do lightweight the same amount of reps you know yeah. it's it, yeah. it's, it's all and the way I around think, i think that's what's really neat about it is it creates that um i mean pretty much all of our workouts we have some workouts that are like rep based but almost everything is that time based and so it's just time under tension like hey just move for 30 seconds and if your knees are bothering you and you can't do a lunge like hey grab a wall like drop the weight use the suspension straps like there's something that everybody can do and that's i mean that's obviously what i want people to do is like just come and just move and like that will help i know um some of the, um, I wouldn't say like the biggest, well, some of the most, to me, like the, the neatest feedback is that people come to the gym like, okay, they want to lose weight, they want to get fit, but they start realizing like just the minimal amount of stretching. Well, the, the stretching and like moving properly, which is, I always am like, 
move properly. Like, don't move fast. Don't move like heavyweights. Just move properly. And people, I feel like one of the first things people start saying is that, like, they're more flexible and they can move better. Like, their mobility improves one of the first things. And, like, if you can't move, like, what's the point? So I think that's kind of <laughs> cool, like, when they're all, like, stiff and they're like, oh, like, I can move better. My legs aren't as stiff. My arms aren't as stiff. I, you know, that's so... I think that's kind of neat. Like that's the kind of the like first be able to move and then we can get strong. We can get fast, whatever. But. Definitely. I like the stretching aspect of it. That's helped yeah. me a lot. You do like some untraditional stretching. I feel like, like the knee to knee thing we do. Twist which the you, knee drop. Twist the knee yeah. drop. Oh, shin box, shin box. The like scorpion one. It's yeah. like, now I'm at work trying to like, I'm like, well, I can probably jump over that. You know, like I jumped over a bush today. Like I'm, I'm getting some energy back and fl- they're just basic movements. And you see, spend a little bit of time like, Oh, I feel that in my hips. And like, my hips feel a little looser now. Like nobody thinks to move that way, but like, okay, just take a few minutes, like actually stretching some and like it goes yeah. a long ways towards fitness. Definitely. So when you did grit fitness, uh, transition you or give you the I guess the springboard to go into the Titan Games. You don't want to just talk about grit. We're just gonna talk about grit. <laughs> oh, no, we, we, can. Me, we got we got topics. We got yeah, we got to head through this. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> grit definitely like um, yeah um, gave me some of that like fitness um, foundation kind of to where I was like okay because I know concept of like I mean Kenny Kenny talks about it. The first workout that I came to was for some, um, he asked that people that applied to the pro team come to like their, I can't think what it now, a ribbon cutting. And they did a workout there. And we were doing kettlebell swings, which is like a hinge movement. And like, I coached that now. And like, I had, they're all the coaches were there because they have like, or at the time they had, I think 12 coaches and everybody was there saying hi to people, trying to talk to people, you know. So we're doing this workout and I had at least four of them come over and try to fix my form. Like Kenny says, when I first came there, I moved like a baby deer. Like I had no (laughs) concept of any of that movement. And they came over and I was like, I'm doing what you're saying. And it's funny now that I coach and I know like, I know how hard it is to like make those connections. Um, When I came, I had zero concept of working out like at all. Like I, um, yeah, I climbed trees. I would ride horses. I started riding horses a lot. and then I would do handstands. And that's like the only way I had any kind of like leg or upper body strength, I think. Is kinda... The handstands, we, we have a big question. Yeah. Are you holding this thing? You're like, all right, take the, take the picture, hurry up. Or are you holding this thing for a while, that one-handed it did, handstand? Oh, the one hand, I can hold it for a little while, but it's more like the middle of a cartwheel. I'm not that good at Okay. Yeah. I was I like, do, dang. That's impressive. One-handed. Either way, yeah. it's impressive. I can't yeah. do it. It's kind of, I, I mean, John I can, can definitely like pause in the center, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's legit. Yep. But continue, yeah, horses. Yeah. Is that where so, this grip strength's coming from? That's no, like, that is, that where's is, the grip strength? I gotta, I I gotta know. I I have massive that's hands. Just trees. <laughs> Climbing trees and massive hands, that's all I got. I don't, um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, the grip strength thing, like, I've, I've noticed it gets better the more I'm, like, doing, like, pull-ups, like, working with bars and then the kettlebells. I've noticed my grip strength gets better from that, but I don't know how people go from, like, no grip, grip strength to grip strength, like, I've always had it so i couldn't really say um mike was saying that you rode bulls when you were younger too right i might have done that i've done a little <laughs> bit of everything that so, shouldn't be something you did in the past <laughs> why not i don't know it's just because because i haven't rode one it, if people do it i'm gonna try it like that's kind of that's kind that, of my approach that like, takes some grip how, how old were you when you were doing that i was i didn't do anything really until 10? i was 18 yeah. no i oh, was 18. cow yeah i was i didn't do anything until i was 18 that's I was so insane kind of off in my little corner 
I kind of tell people like I don't have a lot of cultural I don't get like any cultural references because we grew <laughs> up like we didn't watch movies we didn't watch TV none of that um I always say like I didn't just grow up under a rock it was a pile of rocks like, <laughs> like I crawled out of there at 18 and it was great like I had a great childhood like I was carefree and happy like it was great um but I didn't really do anything until I was 18 I was probably bull riding 19 ish your brother's gotten you into bull riding I oh, guess no no, <laughs> no. they think that. I'm crazy she was the um, standout yeah yeah, I don't really, I'm definitely kind of the reckless one. Well, I say that, but they're all, I mean, so my, my, not my oldest brother, but the second one, he's five years older than me. And he's probably, he's the one that I kind of like idolize and like, I would say is my biggest inspiration. He now, like I talked to him on the phone and he's like, I don't run any more than five miles. You shouldn't run any more than five miles. He's all about yoga and stuff. But when he was younger, <laughs> when he was younger, um, he did crazy stuff like he signed up for a marathon and went and ran it like he didn't know what he was doing but training for that marathon he like ran 18 miles into town and like would do this stuff and I mean he was five years older than me and we weren't like extra close but I like watched him do this stuff and he would just go and like do all this crazy stuff and I was like what is wrong with this guy like <laughs> but as soon as I got the chance I was like he would do this um he well tell I don't even really know. Nobody really knows everything he's done. But there was one time he was, we were taking a family trip up to Iowa and he was going to ride his bicycle up there. And he made it all the way to like North Texas, but his bike kept on falling apart. So he like hitchhiked back home. Um, oh he, uh, no, he, he's just, he just goes and does stuff. I know when he and my older brother were little, we were living in Arizona. They would like backpack across this mountain range from one grandparent's house to the other grandparents or something. They like kill sna rattlesnakes. Like I think in my mind, they're kind of like legends, like, uh, but they would come like home it. with these rattlesnake skins and like little uh, like six year old man, like what on earth? Like <laughs> they would go, um, we lived in this river Valley in Arizona and they would like take canoe trips. They'd go camping in the, um, cliffs on the other side of the river and i remember my mom my dad was always like yeah just you know whatever my mom would always freak out there'd be like rainstorms and they'd be out there camping and she'd be freaking out <laughs> but the two of them like did all this crazy stuff to where i was like i just want to like they kind of like opened up that like and i don't even know everything they've done my the older brother the one that's five years older than me he like got on a train and was going to go to Arizona on a train, like kind of hitchhiking on a train, which is probably very illegal. Oh wow! Um, but he's told me he, he made it like, um, I think all the way to West Texas, but he had been like laying in the, in the sun, in the train car, like all day was out of water. It was like half dead and like hitchhiked or yeah, walked into town and ended up back at home i guess like <laughs> just found a way yeah. yeah no and even more recently i mean i guess five or six years ago he he's lived up in oregon now for i think five years or something um but coming home for christmas he decided to hitchhike home for christmas and made it like all the way down to north texas and then he finally had to rent a car to get the rest of the way <laughs> what a cool he, dude man yes no so this is this is what i grew up with like this like what is he doing? Like, he just kind of, it didn't disappear, but like, he just go somewhere and then come back and like, wait, what? Like, and he didn't really tell my parents much because they'd freak out. He, um, once he was living in Oregon, he was going to hitchhike up to Alaska, like during the summer or something. And he made it halfway through Canada and spent a summer there, <laughs> like helping this guy build a house across a lake. Like, just this like, and honestly, like, I think this is all true. I don't think I'm making this up, but it's, I have these, like, he just seems like super serendipitous and just like goes and does something. And yeah. like, and I would kind of like see that. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. Anyways. So no, they didn't get me into bull riding, but that brother like made me like a bit like 
yeah, why not try it? Like, yeah. Kind of like a YOLO, but more like a, <laughs> it's life. Like, go do something. Like, yeah. Well, it everything. sounded like it was planting seeds in your head. For sure. While you were sure. growing up watching all that. Yeah. And now, I mean, they all kind of think I'm crazy, I think. But well, your yeah. sense of normal is like completely yeah. off <laughs> with, with your brother doing all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So no, nothing's impossible. My brother is a legend in my eyes. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. That's legit. So, so back to Titan Games. Titan Games, yeah. So, or bull riding. No. <laughs> so grit fitness. No, bull riding. Well, well, what do you mean? Did you go eight seconds? Yes. Yeah, yes. She, she well, killed the, the bull, I, man. The first one I went eight seconds on, he like paused a bunch, so it wasn't a very good ride. Um, and then I went eight seconds when I was going against a guy, and I won that one. And it was a pretty badass bull, so I'm pretty proud of that one. Where did you ride bulls at? It was these practice pens in Marion. So it's like, I mean, San Antonio area. Um, they wouldn't let me ride in the rodeo because I was a girl. And they said guys are there to see, or people are there to see guys ride bulls, not girls. And I was like, I was pretty mad about that. But I'd go out to the practice pens and these were like, so cows or bulls get like ratings based on how they move, like either side to side, up and down, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so the ones that they would ride in the rodeos, like the, they kind of know what to expect from them most of the time. But these were like ones that were fresh. Like nobody really knew what to expect. And nobody knew if they were good either. Cause some bulls just like, don't care. Like, I mean, you can try to make them mad, but like, um, so I got to the practice pens and like the guys there, I think were a little more like, um, calculated and like picking their bulls. But I was like, there's an open ball. Let me get on it. <laughs> and of course, I mean, I would borrow, you know, you have to, you have a vest, you have a helmet, gloves all that kind of stuff i just borrow everything like i'll get on a ball um so i go out there in the evenings <laughs> how did you right hear Wednesday evening. <laughs> so that was your practice i mean how did you hear yeah. about it um i started working at a local rodeo and kind of met some people there um i think that was kind of how yeah hey, you almost got that that similar life your brother does just doing stuff i, I swear like that's kind of i think subconsciously my goal is to just, like <laughs> that's right to top them somehow yeah <laughs> did you uh did you fall or have any close calls on the bull? Um, yeah, I mean, you fall off every time. Um, the one Not everybody. Got to be good enough. Oh, no, everybody <laughs> falls off at some point. Um, there was one time where I don't even, like, it wasn't a super traumatic, like, fall at the time, but I did something to my shoulder, and I had, like, a bum shoulder for a month-ish. Um, it was, something was just off in my shoulder. A friend or lady at the barn I worked at, like, tried to massage it, and... It was just, I don't know, I still don't know what it was because I don't really go to doctors. I just kind of like, it'll fix itself, you know? <laughs> um, and, but from that now, one of my collarbones like sticks out a little bit further than the other because it's just kind of something was <laughs> off there. It doesn't bother me anymore. Yeah. So. It just falls off. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. What about um, ho horse riding? How did you come? Do you own a horse? I've never owned a horse. Probably never will. That's that's a big hobby of yours, though. You do it I do. as often as possible. I, and that's in, I mean, I just grew up, like, the concept of horses. I loved the concept of horses, and I was like, horses is just cool. And that was when I turned 18, I was wanting to get work, wanting to make money, go do something. Um, so I called a local barn and was like, hey, I want to work. Like, anyway, so I just started working for barns in the area, like, mucking stalls, feeding horses, bringing horses in and out of the pastures. Um and I think that kind of goes along with the whole, like, um, just kind of doing whatever I can. Like, I would start just riding the horses in from the pasture and out to the pasture and, like, just kind of getting familiar with them. Um, there was the barn that I really started. Well, yeah. there. Were, so in that, so since I started working at, like, 18, I started just, like, from the bottom. 
but I worked at several different barns doing different disciplines. So there's like Western, there's English, there's different types of Western, there's different types of English. And I've done a little bit of everything just kind of from like, you know, working and then somebody would like, Hey, we need help over here. And I come over there and kind of learn what they were doing. So I did Western reining is where I learned a lot from. Um, and then I also did eventing, which is English writing, but eventing at the barn that I worked at there is when I started the lady, I came, I was supposed to feed twice a day is what my job was. That's like my official job was like, you're okay, the supposed to, know, feeding, feeding horses to. Twice a day. but I came out there and I was like, can I ride some of them? And some of them were hers. Some of them were boarded. Like people were boarding them there. Um, and she let me get on one of the horses and she was like, Oh, like, you know, saddle and all that. And I was like, can I just like hop on it? And she was like, I guess she's like, you signed a waiver. Um, and that was kind of the beginning. Her whole thing was like, you signed a waiver and they knew I was, they, or they figured out pretty quickly. I was kind of like, um, kind of crazy, but they also realized like, Oh, you signed a waiver. Like you're responsible for yourself. Um, so I would feed and like ride for, you know, hours out there. Um, on my day off, I would just like go and sit on my favorite horse, like while they were all out to pasture, like anyway, so with riding, like I got really comfortable with the horses and with riding them through that, a guy that, a guy from out East that came out there to do like a little clinic at their barn, saw me riding and was like, this girl could be really good at riding. Cause I have a really good sense of balance apparently. Um, so I went out East and did like showing for a little while. Um, but you have to have money and you have to have a lot of experience or not experience, but like background and like family backing to do that. Yeah. So that didn't really work out. Um, but horses were like, I would say horses were my like, okay, this is what I want to do until I found the running and then the running took over because, and it comes to like the running, like I can do, I don't need a whole lot of money. I'm not relying on a horse. Like I'm not relying on something else. Like it's just it, me. It seems like the, the horse riding though, is that your break away from all the athletics. It almost seems like it's like your meditation. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Horse ride. I mean, I was born to ride horses. Like I could, I've, I've fallen off a lot of horses, but like for reasons like you know i'm like horses like make sense and there's like a like they're just i just i love horses um so now the horse riding that i do is endurance riding there's several ladies in this area that um do endurance rides which endurance is anything from like i guess their intro ride is like 12 15 miles but then they do 25 50 100 miles which is actually where like ultra running started which you probably know um but i started riding with them made different friends and now I have a lady that she's foolish, but she has a young <laughs> horse. She has a young horse that she initially wanted me to ride so she could ride it eventually, but she's kind of scared of it. And the more I started riding it, she was like, you should just ride it. Like, and so I'm actually doing a 50 on this young horse at the end of the month. And then, um, we'll see where we go from there. But yeah, I've done a 25 on her. Um, and it's really, I mean, I kind of get into all these things and I think my brother is probably the same way, but just kind of like. I'm very much an opportunist and like if something pops up and like there's a chance of doing it like well let's go like what are the it's kind of like what are the you know you kind of I don't I probably don't spend enough time like weighing the pros and cons <laughs> it's like well this sounds like fun like well, let's just go so I've don't. definitely like I probably I think I probably have been blessed with a lot more opportunities than plenty of people get but most of the opportunities I get I kind of go for them so what what is the uh, I have no idea but what is like a you say like we're gonna do a twenty five mile or a fifty miler yeah is that real hard on your body to ride a horse for that long it's not on mine it yeah. can be hard I mean it's a long it's a long time on a horse and it's yeah. kind of yeah. rowdy right it's not like riding a car yes but um, I mean you kind of get con 
addition to it. Um, I, I guess, like you were saying, I'm pretty comfortable on a horse. Like to me, that's more like relaxing. So it's definitely like some element of work, but it's also to me like very relaxing, like the flow of a horse, like all of that is just like, so, I mean, I've never done 50 miles, so I can't say that for sure, but I did 25 and like, it was just fun. The whole thing was fun. Like it would be, yeah. Uh, The fact that you did 25 miles, it, I guess you got more confidence to ride 50 miles. It's not like you would take a, a horse that you don't know and then ride 25 miles. You had to work with that horse for a while, I imagine. A little bit, yeah. Uh, 25 is kind of like their intro distance, and like any horse can pretty much run ride 25. E- even if you, you've you never worked okay, with it? Okay, I mean, any You horse, probably would. Well, no, no, any... <laughs> I mean, it really depends more on the horse than the person. Like, if the horse is capable of doing it, I yeah. could definitely do it. Some people could probably... Um, but it's, I mean, the horse, I mean, obviously you can't take like a, a trail riding horse, like a just basic horse and go like, all right, let's go 25. But these horses are like, we take them for 10, 12 mile rides on the beach. Like they're well conditioned and they could easily do it. And I can do it. They can do it. I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Is horse, it? man. Yeah. I wouldn't want to be matched up with you. <laughs> no, but that's with the endurance riding, there's vet checks. Like you really have to take care of the horse. Um, and like there's, you know, holding periods. We have to let the horse cool down and like take a little breather and they have, their heart rate has to drop a certain amount before you go back out. So, yeah. um, my what, family. Go what ahead. kind of garment do they use? I mean, how do you know? <laughs> <laughs> what kind yeah, of shoes no, they you got? got? The, they got, got the, the chest strap? No, or? They, the, the, they, yeah. okay. they listen for gut sounds, like everything. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, my family deal. used to take horses to Colorado. Yeah. I think they might still, um, really? but to do hunting and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh. a different, I mean, that's definitely different, like the packing yeah, it's kind of a different, yeah, but like, I mean, that's definitely, they're going covering a lot of miles, but probably a little bit slower than oh, definitely. horses. Yeah. That's cool. No, horses are so cool. And that's like, I think I've always just kind of like, I'll do anything with horses. Like, so. that's cool. Yeah. You can tell yeah. you're just light up when you talk about <laughs> horses. So yeah, I hope, I hope you can get one one day. Well, if you had, uh, if you had your own horse, what would you name it? I've you never, haven't thought about I've this? I've never thought about really? that. Well, I've never have thought to about come back owning and... a horse. I've <laughs> never really thought about it. I can, I mean, there's so many horses. I've always, I've never paid to ride a horse. I've always like worked in exchange for riding horses. And I don't know that I'd ever own a horse. Like there's plenty of horses out there that nobody takes care of. <laughs> nobody just wants use to someone ride. else's. <laughs> yeah. So the, that, the, I guess that kind of leads to, to ultra running. Um, what is the next ultra race that you plan on doing? Um, the next ultra race. Moab, Moab. That's what I'm Moab. saying. Moab. When is that one? Coming soon. June? <laughs> I think I it's June, up for a lot July. Of races. Um, June. I'm trying to get into the Silver Rush 50 out in Leadville. Um, I really want to do Leadville. So yeah. I did a qualifier like at the end of last year and didn't make it. Silver Rush 50 is another qualifier to get into the Leadville 100. I, I don't, um, I haven't really finished planning my races for this year, but I, do a lot of them i'm doing 100k in vegas in in uh, may i think that's kind of my next ultra um we'll see unless i come up with something else before then (laughs) how how many races do you have this year i don't know do you think just give me a ballpark um there's 52 weeks right yeah um (laughs) i'd say probably last time i checked 30 yeah holy cow now and those are like ocr some of those are like events at my gym but like i would say i probably i mean i haven't really done the math but if i had to guess it i probably am doing something like 30 weekends out of the year ish most people don't do that many ultras in one year people don't love them as much as i do (laughs) i thought it was like how did you how did you start liking running though because i'm the same as you i wanted to go to grit because i wanted to jump on the stuff yeah but 
running for me is it's still hard to enjoy it. I like the after effects. I like how I feel after. Yeah. I like the I, I like where I go mentally during, but I don't always go there. Yeah. What what keeps you going with running? Um, races. I like to race, and yeah. so I run so that I can race. That's really the only reason. Um, the other thing that helped a lot was everybody at the gym, of course, is trying to get into running, trying to do all that. Um, and when I started running with other members from the gym and kind of slowing it down, like taking the pressure off of me, it's not like, okay, I have to go run five miles. It's like, I'm going to go help her run five miles. And it's probably at a different pace than I would normally run. And like going off of their pace, their like, um, you know, how they feel. But that really helped me get into more of a routine of like running period because I hated running. Like I hated running. Um, that's yeah. Um, but so running for like other people like got me into running period. And I think that I think a lot of it too was seeing other people like push themselves and like being able to be like, they're really trying really hard. And like, I get to just kind of sit here and watch like, it was really, I think that was kind of one of, that was probably the bigger thing of, there was a girl that I started running with December of last year and she would come to the 6am class and we'd run afterwards and we'd run two to four miles and running does not come easily to her. Like she works really hard to be able to run. Like she's not a, you know, not ever going to be a super great runner, but she did cross country for her last year in high school and like really works hard and wants to do the best she possibly can. And I see everybody at the gym doing that. And I think that's a lot of was like seeing them doing that and kind of getting to be a part of it. Cause everybody like thinks I like running and thinks I love it. And I was like, no, I don't I hate it. But seeing, you know, being able to help them kind of made me realize like, okay, why am I not doing that? And it helped me to like, I mean, they're the, them all pushing. I was like, okay, so like, what can I do if these people can do this? Like you see them just like emptying the tank. And that made me kind of like, you see the satisfaction they get. It really was like satisfying to me to help them get there. And it kind of helped me like, okay, I should probably like be trying to do that too. So, so. Are you interested in doing like the Moab two forties? And I think there's some crazier races, like some 300 milers and some 400 milers. I don't think so. No? Um, I'm too young. I don't think I, I honestly don't think I should really be doing hundred milers yet. Cause I've what? only been running for like three years and I don't have the kind of like, um, uh, what do you call it? Like endurance, like the foundation threshold kind of thing built up. So really, I think I'm really, I've dealt, I mean, I've had like enough in not injuries, but like tweaks and things to where I'm like, if I put, and that's another thing, like, oh, I try to put a lot of miles for me, a lot of miles is I just need to like build a base. Um, as much as I'm like, oh, let's do everything we possibly can. Like I've got a long time to run. Yeah. So I'm in no rush to like, I love hundreds. I will always do hundreds. But I tell myself every time I do them when I'm the very youngest one there and the youngest one that finishes, like I'm probably too young to be doing this, but I really like them. Um, so for me, I think a hundred is kind of the max. I will, I did a last man standing one last year and that one I can do. Um, but other than that, like the 200, 300 mile, like, I'm not, I'm not super like rushed to get into those. What kind of injuries are you, are you dealing with? Um, injuries from not running at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> I had a lot of like, well, um, that, that's so having, like I wasn't doing anything active, so I wasn't having to, I mean, when I like hurt my shoulder with the bull riding, I was like, okay, like let's just let it heal. So that's what I was really used to doing. It's like, okay, I'm just going to like maybe not run for a week and like, it'll be fine again. 
But once I started like, okay, well, I'm still going to be running and like, this is bothering me. This needs to fix. Um, the biggest problem has been like just muscular, like tightness and like understanding how everything like holds together. I had issues with form initially, like I was heel striking a lot. And so my knee, I've had screwed up knees, ankles, my foot, like I was limping on it for a while. And when I first started racing, like my knee would be hurting really bad. So I would stop training, but I could still go and race. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> now that I'm like actually trying to train, I have to kind of like nip those in the bud and like, okay, my knee is starting to bother me. I need to fix something there. Um, I think what you're doing though is smart though. You're getting the stretches in. Um, how's your diet like? Yeah, that's all I want to know. I told you all about my diet. Yeah. What do you eat? I want uh, just give me a day. Hold on. Hold on. Give me a a Monday through Friday day. And then what does it look like on the weekends? Okay. So for the last while I have, so at grit, I have, I mean, grit is like my family. They're my friends. They're my family. They're my life. They're my work, like everything. So thankfully a lot of them have kind of like adopted me. And so, People will bring food to the gym for me fairly often. Um, I kind of have this, and I stop by people's houses pretty often. And if they're cooking something, like I'm probably <laughs> going to sample it. Um, for a long time, it's kind of a problem and I'm changing it. But I've kind of said that I eat more like a raccoon than a person. Like if there's food, I'm going to eat it. I will not turn down like day old food, like whatever. Um, now, and especially like more recently, I'm realizing like I don't think I'm eating enough at all. So, and since my day starts so early, I typically get up between two and two thirty to run before work and I wake up like starving. So Monday through Friday, you want to like, what well, I eat. hold on, hold on. Before you get into that, what time I do you go to bed? Five. Yeah. What yeah. time do you go to bed? Um, I mean, ideally I would go to sleep at about seven every night, but I work until seven thirty. 30 and don't get home till eight. I go to be bed between nine and 10. So that's, that's like what, that's six hours, five and a half hours, six hours. Four or five, six is the most I get. If I sleep in, I get six. If I sleep in until six, until three o'clock, I can d- get six hours <laughs> during the week. So, freaking machine. Yeah, you're a machine. I used to take naps every day, but Kenny got onto me and was like, "You need to sleep at night." So, Kenny's <laughs> <laughs> Kenny's sleep for the week. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was getting up like super early and working out, and then like taking an hour long nap, and he was like, "Just sleep in and then work." But I work, I work out way better if I do it first thing in the morning. So yeah. I'd rather get up at two and maybe be a little tired, but like as long as I keep moving, like I'm, I'm fine. So, um, so now that you're, so it sounds like you're starting to eat a little bit cleaner, maybe. Um, a little cleaner. Yes, yes. No, I've always. Um, well, so I was really, I was chubby as a teenager for a while. Like I just ate like everything in sight, everything, (laughs) anything, like it was bad. And I was about 40 pounds heavier than I am now. And I changed that when I started going like, okay, I only really need to eat till I'm like satisfied and not till I'm stuffed. Cause it's just the, um, and so at that time I was kind of like, okay, like, you know, maybe if I eat like stuff that's better for me instead of just like trash food and my mom started getting like really health conscious and was like, no cold cereal. There's too much uh, GMOs in it, like all this stuff. And so I kind of have like all that in the back of my head and I appreciate all that. Like I want, you know, all this stuff anyways. Um, so I wouldn't say like, I don't eat every fast food really. I like to, um, I don't eat, uh, like I never eat fast. Okay. I'm like losing my train of thought. Now. I think, aren't you eating those, uh, Kenny's prepa- uh, preparing meals now, right? Are you going to um, start eating those? Just uh, I've eaten some of them. Uh-oh. <laughs> so, so what I found now is I have to eat a ton of food, like just to stay not hungry. Cause I am starving all the time now. Cause I'm just running too much. So I get up in the morning, I eat a full bowl of oatmeal at 
like between three and four. By seven o'clock, I'm hungry again. So I pretty much, I actually, I live with Kenny's parents and they always have a bunch of like leftover food. So every morning I just kind of <laughs> scrounge through the fridge and try to find about three full meals. And I take those with me and I eat them like throughout the day. So they'll have leftovers from their Wednesday evening church. They'll have leftovers from dinner before. And I just kind of like, all right, it's like meat and vegetables and like a slightly satisfying meal. Like there we go. And so I eat at about three, seven. I'm hungry again at about 11. Um, I go to Kenny's coffee shop a lot, 421 Coffee House. (laughs) And I like getting like wraps and salads there. So I'll have that for like lunch. And then I kind of eat my last meal around 430 around four before I go like in for work for the evening. But a lot of times I get home at eight 30 and I'm still hungry. So I'll eat another meal. Um, but I just kind of, I still eat everything. So <laughs> I say, I say I'm trying to get my diet more, but it's like, it's good food. It's just a lot of it. And well, you, I can find it. you burn through it so much. It really, I guess yeah. it really doesn't matter. And then you're just trying to find time to eat because yeah. you're just, yeah. you're going. Well, for a while there, it was like, I would just go and go and then I'd be starving. And no. I tried to like, I even, I've tried to like, you know, I try to schedule my days because, um, my days are like somewhat structured, but there's also a lot of like kind of limbo time in there. And so I was like trying to schedule all that. And I asked Kenny, I was like, do I need to like, I should schedule in meals, shouldn't I? Cause like I schedule everything else and then I'm like, oh, I'm starving. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I'm still bad about meals. I is there, know. is there uh, a particular food that you, that's kind of a junk food, but you look forward to eating? Um, probably pizza for sure. Oh, yeah. Domino's that's, pizza. that's all he wanted you to, yeah. that's oh, yeah. all he wanted oh, you to yeah. say was, I, uh, do you eat pizza too? I had one yesterday. No, for sure. What's your favorite pizza place it's around a, here? Oh, I just do Domino's. Yeah? Yeah. Man. So I don't like eating at restaurants. It takes too long to get food. And you're like paying people to pour (laughs) water for you. And I don't understand that. So I will go to the grocery store and get food like long before I'll go to a restaurant. I'm not a foodie. All-Star is pretty good. (laughs) Um, Domino's, though, you can order from the app. You get piece of the pie rewards. You get free pizza. (laughs) Oh, she knows what she's doing. She's She's a pro. Yeah. No, and I get the uh, thin crust. Um just the thin crust pizza with bacon and pineapple on it and like i can eat an entire large pizza pretty quickly everyone wants to know do you dip it in ranch no 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 No. that's she's up she's from up north yeah i'm a ranch guy just soak it in ranch no that's not pizza anymore (laughs) that's like a chip Uh uh-oh yeah yeah, she's right pizza is pizza it's not for dipping Pizza is perfect just the way it is. Like, you don't have to dip it in anything. I'm so confused now. Uh, have you been doing it wrong? Need, I, I don't think so. You don't need so. Parmesan on it. You don't need nothing. Pizza is pizza. You have like pineapple it. on your pizza. Yeah. Yes, what are you even talking so about? <laughs> That's not pizza. That's it, not even a thing. You have on fruit pizza. on your yes, pizza. Yes, it is. Yes, because you got to have all the food groups. Mm. All the food <laughs> groups. I just see the broken yeah. triangle we're talking she about the pie. She's like, yeah, I got the fruit on there. got some carbs. Looking good. All right. You might as well just... Do a little thing too. All right. So apologies, Chris, about the technical difficulties. That was number two. And I think it's this cord here, this stupid cord that Mike has um, in his house. Wait, who, wait, whose fault is it? It's Mike's fault. He bought, he bought this no. cord thinking no. it'd be cool <laughs> if he saved a little money. No, that's not my and cord. It's, it's, it's struck twice. So yeah, like a rattle, burn. like a rattlesnake, huh? <laughs> we're going to, we're going to burn it. All right. All right, so Titan Games. Titan Games. Or do you want to talk about Ultra first? Because you mentioned something about well, Ultra. Titan Games was kind of like a one-off. Like, yeah. it happened to be on TV, like, Big Whoop. Like, it was cool, and it definitely, like, put me on a map in the in a way. Put me on the map, whatever. Um, but 
I wouldn't say it really like defines me. And no, so, not, not at all. Not that I like have a problem with it, but like when people, oh, you're on the Titan Games, like yes, like two years ago, and like it was a cool experience, and like everything about it was awesome. But yeah. like now, I would kind of identify more as like an ultra runner. So oh, that's kind of we, like. let's let's go to the ultra. Yeah. But how was meeting the rock? We can talk about the Titan Games. But how was meeting the rock? That's oh, all we cool. want to know. It was super cool. No, the whole thing, the whole experience, and that was another one, like just kind of a. I had like seen stuff about it and I was like, Titan Games, like that's cool, but like that's not me, you know, whatever. Um, and then f- somebody I talked to at a race, like it was April, I think end of April is when the applications were supposed to be sent yeah. in. And he said that he knew the people that were casting or whatever and they were looking for more females. And they were like, he was basically like, they'd take anybody. And I was like, well, if they'd take anybody, then I guess they'd take me. <laughs> so I sent in like a last minute application. It was like trash. Like I didn't know, you know, I was just like, well, you know, why not just try it? Um, so when I got like a call back and they were like, Hey, so like, we think you have a story, like let's help you. They like helped me create my like little bio video. And then I ended up getting on. I still like when I went out there the first time for the, um, the combine where they kind of like pulled a large group that they were going to pull some from, I was still like, okay, this is kind of a joke, like whatever. Nobody knew what it was going to turn into. Nobody knew nothing. It was just like, it just had the, you know, the rock tag to it. So it's kind of like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> um, but I was still like, this is a joke. Like, this is clearly not my thing, whatever. Um, and then from that to like the filming and realizing that, um, I mean, it was still, and then I guess I think, you know, you say like, oh, you were like smiling. You seem like you were having a fun time. Like, I was just like soaking up the experience. I was like, this yeah. is like, this can't be real, but I guess like it's still happening. So like, let's just keep doing it. Um, every challenge that I went into, I was like, okay, this girl is like going to beat me. Like, I don't even have a chance. And then like you came out or I came out of it and I would, you know, I won um, four challenges, three yeah. challenges, four, I think. And then I got taken out on the last one. But every time I was like, this is fun. And it's the same. I mean, I think what we're saying, like I, my like non-foundation, like just kind of like, well, let's just try anything. Definitely then it was kind of an advantage for me. Cause I was like, you know, all these people, they power lift and they know that they can deadlift this amount of weight and they can squat this amount of weight and they go to the gym and that's what they do. And my thing is just like, what can I do? I can do anything. I can do everything. So I show up there to this big challenge and they're going a thousand pound wall. Like that's insane. And like, <laughs> you have to climb over these barrels, like what on earth? And my thing, you know, you're, I'm always kind of looking for like the little tricks and like the ways to like, you know, like problem solve, like, and that's what you're doing in OCR, which is, which was my experience up to that point. Um, so that was like, every time I won a challenge, I was like, wait, that just happened. Like, Oh, I'm going <laughs> to the next round. Like, yeah. So it was a really, really fun experience. Meeting the rock was cool. Um, he was, so that's another, like, I don't have the cultural background of like watching and wrestle, like all that kind of stuff. Most of the people that were on the show were like, the rock is super cool. And I only knew him from like movies. Like I knew him as an actor and like, he's the black guy in every movie. And like, you know, you, that's how I knew who he was. Um, so I didn't have the whole, I mean, to me, like he was a cool guy, but I really didn't know anything about him, nothing about where he'd come from, any of that. Um, but it was really neat before the challenges started, like he would be up on his little podium in the, in the background. And I heard uh, before the first challenge, he would do a little introduction, like, Oh, you know, Melody and Christiana are going. And I heard him say my name and I was like, Oh, (laughs) it's really happening. Like he knows my name. He knows who I am. So, and then just, there were a couple of times like behind the scenes, like, uh, um, backstage where, you know, we're standing around waiting because it's TV, like it's very produced and like TV or cameras everywhere. But there were, you know, one time he was, he like said, good luck tonight. And I was like, okay, thanks. <laughs> and then like had a little conversation and it was just a really, like he knew who I was and was like, 
actually like watching my progress and I was like, this is kind of cool. Like what was, know. what's cool about it. It lo you look so young compared to the other girls that were on the show. Oh, yeah. And then when the competitions were about to start and it's like, Chris is going to get her ass kicked here. Cause this girl <laughs> looks, looks freaking huge. They're all, then, all like, like, yeah. like the, like the guys. Almost. I was 20. Yeah. You look like a little no, baby face out there. I was 21. I was 21. Yeah. You look young, little baby face. Didn't yeah. know what you were doing out I there. No experience. But you said you mentioned problem solving. Like there was, I, you there was a couple of points where you weren't smiling, but you were like your eyes were squinting, and you were trying to figure What's out what what can I do, how can I solve this problem? And then you right right when it, it snapped, and then you started smiling again. And you're like, I got it. I got <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, there were definitely some things where I was like, I can't move that kind of weight. There was one, the Mount Olympus, where you have to go like all the way up. There's like three or four challenges going up. And then you came down those slides and dragged that. that big, oh, uh, that big ball. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one of them. You have to crank that torch up. And once it lights, then you can come down. And I was like, I don't think I can move this weight. But like somehow I did. You and did it. <laughs> and that, but that was another one where I came to it. A lot of people twisted it the wrong way and had to like twist extra. But I remember like looking over to see like which way is the rope going here? Like, okay, I'm going the right direction. Like, uh, and then it, it would like, it caught for me. So I wasn't having to like, yeah. But, my uh, kids were like watching that when we were watching the YouTube videos. And yeah. then now they're just like picking up stuff around the house and throwing <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Swinging stuff around. Yeah. Like, see how much stuff I can knock down. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's when my wife fell in love with you actually. So. Uh, I don't know about that. That's probably where she was like, I don't know about this girl anymore. She wanted to do it too on TV. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, that's good. So it's a good transcend to um, to ultra running. So, yeah. I think what what I think like the biggest benefit Titan Games had was coming in, you know, coming from nothing and trying this OCR and you know all these different things. Even with the horses, like I felt like I was coming into something that was already established, and I was kind of like an imposter. Which everybody has that, I, or I, a lot of people have like the imposter syndrome. Like, do I really like? Am I really supposed to be here? And I felt that a lot with the horses. The showing out east, like that, didn't really turn out the way I like it could have or whatever and then same with OCR there were a couple different like drama things that happened and I was like do I really like am I really supposed to be here like you know I don't belong I don't I don't come from this I'm just kind of I just happened upon it and I'm decently good at it like um and then the same with the Titan Games but it was kind of cool with the Titan Games coming into it like I clearly don't belong but then I kind of like proved myself and I was like okay like maybe I do and I think that was kind of a really big confidence booster of like and I say that I also still view it very much as like, it was TV. Like yeah. it was literally like 30 seconds and it was over. Like, but it still gave that little bit of like, okay, like I actually came out here kind of as an under everybody. I, I think it was kind of like, nobody knew what they were doing and I did good. Um, and that kind of gave me a little bit of like, a, okay, like I guess I belong in the fitness thing. Cause I was still questioning like, is this fitness thing really for me? Like I just kind of do what I want. Like yeah. I'm not a serious <laughs> athlete, whatever. Um, and another thing, I think one of the bigger things that got me into that was I had done a 50 miler that year. That was my first like trail ultra. And so they were kind of like this girl, like kind of just started doing OCRs and now just kind of started doing ultras. And that was kind of like the, the, um, you know, the, the slant they took like on my right. life story kind of thing. Um, but the ultras were, I think the ultras, I don't, I don't, I still don't really know what the draw is. The biggest thing that I can say is what I like enjoy about them is, is just spending time outside, like on your own, doing your own thing. And like, but there is a defined end and a yeah. goal. Like, so it's the perfect balance of like, okay, just go do your thing. But like, Hey, finish it in a certain time and this amount of miles. Um, I did my first hundred miler 
with Kenny, and it was like the Habanero 100, middle of August, started at noon Gosh. in the middle of August, South Texas, and it's a six-mile loop, and it was like a sand pit. Like you're running, not like the beach, though the beach is here, like the packed sand, it was like, it was terrible. Um, but that one, and then also the first Grit Ultra that I did, which was a 24-hour race over um, New Year's, both of those were super heavily supported, and I had like a huge crew that was all taking care of us, and it was really fun. Like they made the experience like even more fun because it was like, you know, I'm doing the running, but all these people are here to like make sure it happens. Um, but it wasn't until, so I did that hundred miler and then I did like another 50 K I think. And then I did the hundred miler over new year's. It wasn't until I started doing mountain hundreds that I was like, this is my thing. All I want to do is run hundred milers. And they were terrible. Like they killed me. The first, <laughs> the first hundred miler I did out in, it was like fe- February of last year out in West Texas in the Franklin mountains. It started out, there were four of us that were planning to do the full hundred and it was 50 K three times. It was like a 30 mile loop or 33, 34 mile loop three times. And I had already done a hundred. Kenny had already done a hundred. And then the two others, Roy and Christina had never done one. Um, but they had started training they, I think it was kind of since Habanero, they were like, okay, <laughs> a lot of people said, if Kenny can do this, we can do this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> since Kenny did the 100, they were like, which I think is kind of cool. Like, um, nobody cares what I do, but like when other people do those things, it's like, okay, if they can do it, we can. Um, but we started out and we did most of the first loop all together, but Roy dropped off pretty quickly and Kenny was like sticking with him. So me and Christina finished that first loop. And then Christina was like, look, I'm slowing down. Like, you just go. So they all dropped out by like mile 50, I think, is where they all dropped out. But I was already like 20 miles ahead of them at that point. And so that was my first race. Like, once they dropped out, like, they were the ones everybody was worried about. We had uh, Roy's wife, Rachel, was out there crewing for us. And so she was the one, like, everybody was worried about them. So I hit, they all dropped out around like midnight, 1 o'clock. And... I was on my own starting that third loop. So at like 65, 70 miles, here I was like on my own. And I was like, this sucks. It was, <laughs> um, it was the elevate. I'd never run a mountain race before. Um, the elevation was like the elevation. I'm like coming here from Houston, like right. not elevation. Um, I went into it slightly sick. And so it was right at like 60, 70 miles that like the congestion got like really bad. Um, it got cold, the temperature dropped and the wind picked up and I spent like the last 30 miles of that race through the night. I like cried all the way through the night going up like this two miles of straight up. I was like walking a little wise and sitting down and crying. Like it was just absolutely terrible. But then you got like, I got all the way up to the peak that you hit for like the third time, right as the sun was coming up. And I was like, okay, like maybe I'll survive this. Anyways, I got to where, like, I could barely run just because of my breathing, which was really frustrating. Um, And the whole, like, last 30 miles of that race was just like, this sucks. Like, why am I doing this? This is stupid. But it's literally, Kenny ran with me, like, the last one or two miles coming in. And I was still, like, I could still run. I could barely breathe, but I could still run. And so I came down. It was a little hill down into the finish. And I still came running in and, like, barely breathe. But... When I finished that, okay, I hated it. I found for about six hours, I hate my life. <laughs> but after that, I'm like, okay, like, what's next? Like, mm. um, and it was, I don't know what it is about the mountain. I, um, it's so challenging, like, so challenging. But then 
like the variety, the views, like just being outside in the middle of nowhere, like I love it. And um, so that's kind of like my, um, that's that's what I, I, I came home from Franklin, Franklin's and I was like, I want to do one of these every weekend. Like I can run out <laughs> Every weekend, because, what the heck? And I, and I, you know, take a day to like sleep and recover and then like, I feel fine, let's go. Like I'm ready to go again. What was going through your mind when you were crying and how did you keep pushing yourself to... To keep going and not just drop out right I actually, there. Yeah, I had, when I hit, when they hit 50 miles, they were kind of on the back half of the course. And soon after that, I came into it, because you come through the start-finish line. And I came into it, I came back, you know, the second time. And when I came in from that, I was like, this isn't even my race. Like, we came to, like, help Roy and Christina doing it. They had both dropped out. And I was like, why am I even still running? But I remember, like, having that thought. But at the same time, I was like, I can do this. Like, why would I not? And I think that's kind of the thing is like, I can do this. Like this sucks. Like this is miserable, but I can do this. And so I will, like, I didn't come here to just run 70 miles. Like I came here to run a hundred. So I'm going to go run a hundred. And it was kind of like, I felt like I, you know, was supposed to be rowing Christina's race. And then I was the only one that ended up finishing. And honestly, like I was more proud of rowing Christina for putting themselves out there and for doing as much that they could. And, like, you just kind of expect, like, well, if Chris is going to finish. Like, I just have to finish. Um, so it's kind of like, um, I guess, and I think that kind of maybe took the pressure off of it for me some of, like, this isn't even my race, but I'm just going to go finish it because I can. Yeah. And it was beautiful out there. Like, the second time when I hit that peak there, the sun was going down. There's a beautiful sunset, and the full moon was coming up. And it was one of those just, like, I'm so glad I'm alive. Moments, like, <laughs> that's awesome. And that's the like, I live for those. Like that's the coolest when it, when the sun comes up after like misery all night, you're like, it's good to be alive. Like, thank God it's daytime again. <laughs> what, what um, was your nutrition like on that? Did, what, so my, I now have it dialed in because okay. I've done enough on my own. Um, I guess the other one, the, the first one that I did on my own, I've done the Barkley fall classic a couple of times. You, and that is now the Barclay? my favorite. The Barkley Fall Classic. So okay. the Barkley Marathons is in the spring, and it's like a 100-miler, really like 120 miles or something. The Barkley Fall Classic is a 50K at the same race or at the same park, but it's it's um, a 50K. They allow like 500 people in. It's marked. Not super well, but it is marked. There's aid stations. Like it's more of a race. And the top male and female get a golden ticket to the fall to the Barkley marathons. Mm. So I just kind of heard about it and was like, this seems cool. And like I'd watched the Barkley marathons documentary and like, I still don't think it's really for me, but now I'm kind of going for that golden ticket. Like I finished oh, second man. last year and I'm like, I still haven't gotten in yet, but, um, but that one was the first one that I went out there and like local Texas races, like you're just running against anybody that's here they're not really like, I mean, I want to do all the big name, like the mountain races. And I know like to do those, like, I mean, I will finish like not back of the pack, but maybe middle of the pack if I'm lucky, you know. So Texas races are kind of a good confidence booster because it's not a whole, I mean, Texas is kind of cool, but people don't come here as a destination to race for the most part. Um, but that Barkley Fall Classic, like that's kind of one of those destination races. So it's really cool to go out there the first time and like, all these people knew exactly what they were doing. And like, I just kind of had to like fake it till I made it. So the, so my fuel, Kenny has helped me nail this down because I knew nothing and I still know nothing. Um, but I do, um, I time my water. I drink it like at a, depending on the weather, like if it's colder, I'll drink it like less 
you know, obviously. Um, I do water. I do a lot of noon. I have like, I, I've been given a lot of noon. I don't, I haven't ever <laughs> bought it, but I have a lot of noon packets. So I take those in the, like the noon hydration yep. electrolytes. So I do, I time my water, I time my electrolytes and then I time, Kenny has a bunch of pills he gives me and I don't really know what they all are. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds so bad. Have, <laughs> I have little pill packets. It's, oh, um, salt pills it's, or something. It's aminos. Aminos is one of the biggest things. Salt, he gives me, he times the caffeine. I do a caffeine pill like one to two to three times. Um, but I know it's aminos and salt are two of the main things. And ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> so so here at my races go, I have, I sit down with Kenny before I leave and we map out, like I take them like every two hours typically. And these pills, like, I mean, they obviously like help me, but I think they're also a huge placebo thing. Like, oh, yeah. okay, I got this. Like, you know, anyway, so the water, the noon, the pills, like that's another thing. Like I take every two hours, well, depending on the race, sometimes it's every hour, every two hours. Um, and then I do baby food. The little baby food packets like work great for me. So I have oh, one of really? those every hour. And then, yeah, it's just like food, energy, and yeah. like easily digestible. I can put a bunch, I have like a really like off-brand off brand little pack, but like I can put a couple of them in there, a couple of them in the, like I have it all figured out. Um, so the baby food and then aid stations, which not all races have a ton of aid stations, but I'll eat anything at aid stations. <laughs> Typically like sandwiches, ramen during the night, um, oranges. I'm kind of picky, like I don't just eat anything, but I like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Mm -hmm. Everyone who doesn't, right? I like those. <laughs> but I do, I mean, honestly, I do mainly like, or the biggest thing I worry about is like water and then the electrolytes. And then I eat whenever I'm hungry. And especially the more I do them, like, I just know I have to keep eating something, anything. Yeah. So. What's uh, what's the the biggest race that you're looking forward to this year? I don't know which races I'm doing the, this year, but the one I do, I'm doing. Um, <laughs> what are you I just, hey, March? No, like, Come on. No, like after everything canceled last year, yeah, I true. barely got a couple in at the end. And those were kind of last minute. Like I did one out in Idaho, but I had signed up for one in Oregon and I'd put my name in the hat for one in Idaho the same weekend. And I'd like bought my plane tickets, but um, the one in Oregon, the one in Idaho sent me an invite to join because there was a wait list for it. And I was kind of like, I'm already in the Oregon one. But I let it sit there for about two days and then the Oregon one canceled. And so mm. I like, whoop, got into the Idaho one. Wow. And then it was also August or something when they finally, for the Barkley Fall Classic last year, they only had past finishers come. So it was August, the race is in September and I still wasn't in. But then when they made that decision, since I was on the wait list, I got in. So I got into those two races and I did... Those I that one that was like one of the greatest two weeks of my life because I did I flew out to Washington I hiked around um, Mount Rainier with my brother that lives up there in Oregon I did that hundred miler in Idaho I spent like three days camping and hiking at Glacier all day and then I flew to Tennessee and had like my best race performance ever at that Barkley Fall Classic anyway so since 2020 where everything canceled and it was like all up in the air even like i was going to do a hundred miler the first weekend of december and then it canceled but i got into a different one in missouri like so i'm very i'm very much like skeptical that anything's really going to happen yeah. but like still kind of like you know making my plans you know it's might understandable happen, it might not, yeah. we, we have so, so many races now too. <laughs> that's my excuse for this year but that's also been about every other year so <laughs> that's not to say i normally have my years really planned out but um i got into wasatch 100 Very which nice. is in utah and the wasatch and so i'm excited about that one my biggest goal someday well i'm gonna run 100 100 milers 
Hopefully within the year? 20 years. No. Within the <laughs> yeah, for sure. Not actually. <laughs> um, not with that so I'm wanting to bank the 100 milers. <laughs> I'm wanting to bank the 100 milers. And then I heard about this thing they call it the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. And it's, they, to call it, like it has to be four out of the five, but I want to do all five. Um, but of the biggest, like, they're considered like the oldest, like original OG. They're not even necessarily the hardest 100 milers. But there are these five. It's Vermont 100, um, Old Dominion, which is in Virginia, and then Wasatch, um, Western States, and Leadville, I think, are the five races. And you do them all within a summer. And they call it the Grand Slam of Ultra Running. Wow. So that's, like, my goal. But, like, all of those are lottery races. Yeah. Like it's really hard. So it's half of it is just kind of a luck thing. But I think I'm going to try to, like, put into all those races every year until I get into all of them. It's kind of my, my plan. Can you get a lottery ticket? to get into that grand slam or do you have to the get grand a lottery slam ticket for is all of them easy like once you get into a couple of them wasatch is the easiest one to get into and that's the final one and that's where you like get your grand slam thing and all that and they say like if you get into one or two or three like some of the others will be like oh if you're going for the grand slam like they'll give you a better oh. chance at getting in kind of thing wasatch okay. for sure is that way like if you've done all the four others they'll like hey get into our race like finish it out um but um yeah so the the like to finish it out is the easy part. It's getting into a couple of those key ones that's more difficult. Um, yeah, I wish I wish there was some kind of like, hey, can I like sign up for this and like <laughs> do them all? But it's really, I mean, it's so it's all lottery based, so it's like there's no way to. Yeah, and it's like not enough that it's just hard in itself. Yeah. But you have to also there's some. It's not even something you can have a skill to get in. It's like it's just luck. Yeah, yeah. You know? you just go yes. buy it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. Well, you have to be lucky and then you can buy it. <laughs> both of those. Yeah, that's true. Well, what's, um, what's next for Chris? What's, what big plans do you have, uh, for this year, next year? Hundreds. Hundreds. Just, 100, just 100 all hundos, miles, huh? Yeah. Well, so I'm also good at like the shorter distance stuff and I really like obstacle course racing, but I would say like the thing that I'm working toward the, the thing that I see is like the biggest challenge and like the biggest achievement would be hundred milers. Like that's what I, that's what I want to do. So, I mean, next weekend, the weekend after I'm doing like a bunch of obstacle course races that I expect to do fairly well. And I would like to do well in, and I think I have a good chance at doing well in, but like, to me, those are kind of like side things. Like I just kind of do those yeah. for fun for me. The hundreds are like, that's my, that's what I want to do. Like, I don't know. She's lighting up like, like talking about horses, man. You got to integrate the two and it'd be your perfect thing. Yeah. Well, how can people follow you on social media? What are all your platforms? Um, I'm pretty much on Instagram, Chris Rigloski at Chris Rigloski. Um, yeah. Facebook is kind of, I had a Facebook page, but there's a lot more weird people on Facebook. On <laughs> really? I would think it's a lot more weird. Uh, there's on a Insta. lot of weird people on Instagram too. <laughs> I've gotten, yeah. You don't do uh, Twitter yet? No Twitter? I have a Twitter account. I had to have one for the Titan games, but no, I do not do Twitter. Oh. I open that about twice a year. If that, so. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm yeah. Social media is enough of a hassle in itself. Yeah. So. IG is a lot in itself. Yeah. Oh, well, Chris, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was yeah. very, very fun. A lot of fun. Apologies about the technical difficulties. Mike's got to get this camera in order. This is John's cable. Look, I handled the it's audio. <laughs> this is like it's the audio. John's name written all over it. The audio is me. Camera is Mike. So whatever the tools are, just get it fixed. This is Mike's Please. house. Please. <laughs> well, 
And we probably have way more to talk about, but you have a lot of stuff going on that we can't cover in one episode. So maybe we'll have you on again all if right. you want we to. We need to. Maybe uh, if I make all my hundreds. In there you summer. go. Yeah, we need to talk about once you get done yeah. with them. Yeah, once I actually like, do something with my life. Yeah, because I don't think you've done one 100. So when you get one down <laughs> your, uh, in your belt, we'll, we'll go ahead and talk to you okay. then. No, it's the five in a summer. That counts for something. Okay, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to That's that That's a one. deal. All right, well, thank you, Chris. All right, yeah, thank you. Bye.